Welcome to episode 48 of Lil Muck, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. This is a tiny slice of the Muck podcast where we talk to people in the media and politics about their favorite stories or experiences. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hilary Doherty. Today, we are interviewing founder of the Teen Aspect, Jaden D'Onofrio. Hillary, tell us about today's guest. Well, I'm, we already talked about cursing. I'm just going to tell you right now that he said it was okay. Okay. Okay? <laughs> All right. Jaden D'Onofrio, did I say that right? Yes. Yep. Has a lengthy political background and found it necessary to create the Teen Aspect organization to further his goals of youth education and awareness. Fighting for stronger influence in the political sphere for Generation Z, Jaden is the president of Voters of Tomorrow Florida, deputy strategy director for Voters of Tomorrow, and formally involved with the Florida Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book's election campaign. Ooh, we love her so much. We love her. As as well as Congresswoman Wasserman Schultz and Florida Senator Chevron Jones, respective district offices. Most recently, Jaden has worked as a staffer for the Charlie Chris campaign. <gasps> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm happy to be here. Oh, uh, I encourage the cursing, by the Thank way. Thank you. <laughs> like I said, I uh, think this time calls for it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. We're on fire. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm very happy to be here. So thank you for bringing me on. Oh, my gosh. So I, I first saw Jaden on Twitter because I like to, you know, I'm all over that Twitter. Uh, and even still, all I even oh, yeah. still. Even, oh yeah, yeah. Let's listen, be real. Who is it? Elon, who is what <laughs> I say? He'll be out soon. Forget about it. But um, uh, all I know is that election day and day after, everybody's like, "What is the Florida Democratic Party doing?" And this young man was like, "Bruh, get out! Like yeah. it's enough already, <laughs> right?" And so I was like, "Who is Head this? Should be rolling." Yeah. And so what we saw in this election cycle across the country and in Florida were the youth voters turned out. And like this, you know, for as long as I've like I was in high school, so super geeked out about politics, like registered when I was 17, like I was so excited to vote. And you always hear every election cycle, we have to tap into the youth vote, we have to do it, have to do it. And youth voters really it was a struggle to kind of connect. And, you know, it's usually older people involved in politics and they can't like myself included like I'm so excited to talk to you because I'm like what the hell are the kids thinking (laughs) kids you know what I'm saying and so like uh but this this was the election where you really saw generation z come out and really use their power and the voting booth and get elected which is so exciting mostly because they're voting the way that I kind of like to vote and so that (laughs) excites me I'm like okay cool they're they're on my side so tell us first how you got involved in politics yeah, so um, it all started for me. Like, I'm relatively new to politics in terms of my overall activism. Uh, I've really been in, in perfect situations that have shown my, you know, ability to withstand certain situations and get more involved. Uh, I first got started in 2020. Uh, you know, I tell everyone my first day of getting involved was June 1st, 2020, mm. which, if you remember, was when uh, live on TV, Donald Trump cleared out Lafayette Square of all mm. the protesters yep. uh, that were protesting against uh, George Floyd's murder. And as I sat on my couch, uh, you know, laying out, just watching on live on CNN, uh, the president of the United States just destroy a peaceful protest in the front of the capital of the free world, mm. it was like... I had like a tear roll down from my eye and you know, that was like the most insane thing. And it just showed the, how fragile the basis of human rights can be. Mm. Um, And as I watched that, I was like, I need to get involved, especially as he walked from the white house to uh, a a church to (laughs) take a picture with the Bible, you know, Mm. that upside down. (laughs) Yeah. It completely eliminated, uh, you know, the separation of church and state and uh, our first amendment rights. Um, So that was a day that really was pivotal uh, to me. 
from there, you know, I acted out as like a regular kid that was posting on their stories and posting on Instagram saying, oh, you need to be involved. You need to pay attention to this. You know, I didn't really know how to get involved. I could have been involved with uh, the Biden campaign, but I didn't understand. You know, I didn't know the opportunities that were available. Um, and then from there, I just always stayed involved and, and, and paying attention. And then uh, 2020 and 2022 comes around and I get my first opportunities actually in the political world. Mm. Uh, you know, one of my first uh, main opportunities was being a Senate page. And I, at the time, I thought that was a huge thing. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> For the Florida Senate? Everyone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I went to the Florida Senate. I was like, this is going to be huge. You know, this is, I, I, is going to be my biggest thing ever. And uh, I got to be with all the senators, the House oh, reps and everything. And so cool. It's it was exciting. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, like, I know... I know other people won't understand it, but for the three of us at this table, like that's our, those to the, yeah. those are my yeah. rock stars, really. Yeah. Like you talk about yeah. Lauren Book, I'm like, oh shit, I'd be geeked out. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Chev, I mean, yeah. Oh, Chev is awesome. Oh my god, Book is awesome. Yeah. I, I remember when I met them all, I was like, oh my god, I'm seeing all the people that I see on TV yeah. right <laughs> in my face right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, at the time, I, like I said, I thought that was the biggest thing, but uh, really from there, it was like it really blossomed for me. It was like, uh, you know, I got a lot more involved. I understood the opportunities that were available and how we can best try and make change both locally in Broward, but also nationally. Mm -hmm. um, as we saw in the last election, uh, you know, uh, democracy was really on the ballot within this last election in the past few elections. Uh, we saw Gen Z turn out in 2018. They made a big difference. Uh, once was uh, just a fluke. Uh, 2020, we saw Gen Z turn out again. Yeah. Second time, maybe it was, uh, you know, a pattern. Uh, third time, we saw Gen Z turn out again in 2022. Yeah. And actually make the biggest difference in all the generation, uh, all the elections. And it's not a fluke. It's not just a small pattern. It's a major pattern now. Uh, yeah. Our generation is turning out, and uh, we're organizing amongst ourselves because really neither political party has understood the importance of our generation and mm. reached out to us. So wow. it's really Gen Z organizing Gen Z itself. So this is incredible. It is incredible. And I, I love every second of it. So tell me, why do you think that is? Why do you think now this generation, because my generation, I was Gen X, you're Gen X. Yeah. Yep. Like we did not vote like this either. So like, what do you think it is now specifically? Like, I'd really love to know what you yeah. think is, is, is the passion behind all of it. Yeah. This is, this is one of my favorite questions because uh, <laughs> actually there's so many different ways to answer it. I'm just going to compile it all into one short yeah. answer right here. We've had, uh, you know, Generation Z stems from 1996 to 2012. I think. Yeah. So uh, we've had 2001, 9-11. Mm -hmm. We've had basically our entire lives have been revolved around war. Uh, we've had the Iraq War, Afghanistan War, you know, all these other different types mm -hmm. of wars that we've always been in war the entire time of our lives. Uh, we've had 2008, the Great Recession. Uh, you know, that affected me very intensely. Like I was literally on the brink of being homeless mm, and with my wow. uh, parents and uh, we were, you know, basically unable to do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a huge, uh, you know, uh, had a huge effect on my life. Um, after that, uh, we saw, you know, the Democrats lose the, con the member, uh, you know, the both chambers of Congress uh, or the House, I, I think specifically mm -hmm. uh, with Obama. Uh, and they were unable to basically turn out anything. Uh, there was no progress within the country from there. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, Donald Trump coming around. I mm. mean, that was insane. No one right. thought he was going to win. Right. And he actually did win. And from there, it was like, we need to get involved. Hence why 2018 was so massive, I think, because I think everyone realized, like, wow, this is make or break for us. Right. And so. your generation, you know, you are going to be 
and, and your children are going to be most impacted by climate change, mm. right? Your kids are, are they going to be going to school doing the same shooter drills that you've done your entire life, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right. You know, so those have to be, I feel like psychologically, mm-hmm. the impact of what we've done to this generation. Yeah. I also think about LGBTQ rights. Like yeah. I graduated in 96 when this generation started. I graduated high school, but there was nobody out when I was in high school. Like people, maybe you had friends and you knew personally, yeah, but yeah. nobody was like out. And so this generation, Not the same way they, today. it kind of started then. And so- yeah. You now have this whole generation that LGBTQ friends and like it's not a big deal. It's not an issue. It's It's like this is a normal thing. And so when you hear elected officials saying this is wrong, it's completely it's really opposite of like anything that you know is is a reality. And I think that kind of encourages the kids too. And I think we saw that within uh, this year with the Don't Say Gay Bill and the youth activism that really sprang from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, specifically here in Florida. The Democratic Party has not realized the importance of youth voters and LGBTQ plus voters mm-hmm. here in the state, specifically, you know, combining them, youth LGBTQ mm. plus uh, voters. And, you know, we really gifted the party a massive uh, boost in terms of overall activism as a result of our uh, outrage against the Don't Say Gay bill. Mm. Uh, we saw walkouts right. across the state. Oh, it was incredible. Really, it, it was oh, insane. Yep. And, you know, I saw it firsthand at my school, Western High School. It was it was really crazy, the mm-hmm. outrage that were that was coming from that. And uh, from there, we gifted the Democratic Party uh, a complete messaging campaign against the Republican Party, against Governor DeSantis. Uh, and they tried to utilize it. It was really unsuccessful. But, uh, you know, that's the way the Democratic Party is in Florida, unfortunately. Preach. Uh, yeah, I know. It's fucking terrible here. Yep. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, look, we, there's a lot of things that need to be performed in Florida, uh, specifically with the, the FDP. There's a lot of things that need to be changed. So, yep. so, yeah. so um, you know, you're talking about all the, the, the youth vote coming out, and now we're hearing uh, that the Republicans are rethinking that 26th Amendment uh, and raising the voting age back to 21. So what are your thoughts on yeah. this? Yeah, I, I, think it's, uh, I think it's hilarious. Uh, I actually... <laughs> I started busting out laughing, which I don't do often from Twitter. <laughs> I started bus- busting out laughing when I saw a few tweets that were like, we need to raise the voting age to 21. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> this is so beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I think it just really shows the insanity of one side and the other side doesn't have such insanity. There's just no organization on our side. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, on a national level, uh, you know, as the deputy strategy director for Voters of Tomorrow, it's really the leading organization for Gen Z in organizing, uh, we have been able to track these trends across the nation and understand how important youth voters are to certain congressional districts. So within my job, it was 27 different congressional districts that we focused on uh, to you know, potentially hold the House or make it a very close margin, which, by the way, I think we're actually going to hold the House yeah. by my, you mm. know, the analysis that I've had. Uh, I think we're going to hold the House still. Um, but you know, going back to the topic, I think that the fact that they're trying to raise the age uh, showcases that they have no care for young voters. That's the first thing. The second thing, they have no plan to outreach to young voters, mm. um, and, <laughs> right. and they never will. Right. right. Instead of actually embracing it and being like, oh, yes. maybe this is a group that we can also reach out to, they're yeah. going to just stop it all together. Right. Absolutely. Which kind of goes to how Republicans work anyway. Like I've said on the podcast, I don't understand 
what they're offering anybody. What's yeah. the, what are they offering just one besides rich, like white people? Right. What are they actually offering people? What are people actually voting for? Yeah. It's fear. It's fear. It's, that's what conservatism is, to be honest. Yeah. It's really based off of the status quo. They don't want meaningful change to right. happen. They want to stay where we are. And I think that's really not where young voters' minds are. And I think they just understand that they have no chance of pulling them in, Mm -hmm. which is the biggest dilemma for the future of the Republican Party, in my opinion, because as these old, you know, boomers continue to be phased out of society, they're they're passing away, you Mm -hmm. know, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Young voters are continuously rising into being eligible to vote, and they're doing nothing to, uh, you know, outreach to them. Uh, which is why I think it's so important for the Democratic Party to utilize that because if yeah. they're able to, they've got to corral that, these voters. Yeah, if yeah. they're able to corral them and gather that or that generation, <laughs> they hold the future to the country. So that's why oh, it's so important. God, please. Well, I mean, as far as like the Florida Democratic Party, I'd love to really like. I mean, I got involved not long before you did. I really got involved like 2017. Yeah, me too. And it wasn't in uh, for that next year leading up to the 2018 midterms. It wasn't until that night of the 2018 midterms when I saw, like, I knew all the work that we had done here in Broward to get a lot of people elected, where I was like, oh, the party sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize, like, you do all this work where I- And it's completely disorganized. Yeah. Yeah. And that 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 2018 midterm campaigning in Florida was a mess. Like, we've talked about it all the time. Like, you're going door to door- and they're like, you were just here yesterday. Like a lot of wasted time, a lot of wasted energy, no organization. It was a mess. And well, basically what happens is once that primary got, like when Gillum won the primary, which was on his own campaigning terms, like was able yeah. to do that, then the party steps in once he's the nominee right. and then they kind of take over. And I didn't realize any of that right. until kind of late, kind of towards November where I was like, wait, what's happening? Like this whole campaign's off yeah. the rails. Yeah. And what I didn't know in what you're learning now too for, for since how, how long you've been involved is that this has been going on for 20 fucking years, yeah. right? Like this is yeah. what it's been like. And we know people who've been involved that long and nobody kind of stops it. Nobody calls for the FD, FTP chair nope. to step down. Yeah. Nobody says to Broward chair, bruh, it's over. Like you, there's more ego involved in politics than actually like people who want the right things to right. happen, right? And so they stay, even though they're complete and utter failures, they stay because they're not there for the good of the party. They're not right. there for the good of the people. They're there for themselves. And how we make that change, I would love to know because right. we keep putting the same tired people in in, in right. chair positions who don't have real plans. Or right. vision. So Or vision. Yeah, what would, what would your, as a young person, what would your vision be for a rehauling of the Florida Democratic Party. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that, uh, unfortunately, people don't like to speak their fucking mind. Yeah. You know, they sit back, they don't uh, speak what should actually happen. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this is my first full cycle mm. uh, of the elections. And, you know, what I've seen across the board is just a complete lack of efficiency, lack of organization. Um, and how do we go about uh, changing that? Uh, well, just to speak on 2018 quickly, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, 2020 uh, quickly, um, we saw a lot of gains from 2018 within a lot of the counties uh, in terms of overall activism and overall uh, turnout. Um, but in 2018, uh, Governor DeSantis beat Gillum by 33,000 votes, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, within Broward County, Pembroke Pines specifically, 
18-year-olds were registered at a rate of 15.4%. Wow. 15.4% of 18-year-olds were registered to vote wow. in Pembroke Pines. That's a horrific number. Yeah. Horrific. And within Broward County. They should all be registered yeah. to vote. And then within Broward County, it's 30% of 18-year-olds are registered to vote. That's a town. Uh, Pembroke Pines is a city that has a population of like 179,000 People, imagine how many thousands of 18-year-olds that is that could get registered and right. have potentially voted, knowing that that generation also votes Democratic mm. down the ballot, pretty right. much. That's That could cut that lead just specifically from Pembroke Pines uh, Broward a ton. Is, Broward is the gold mine. Yeah. 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 So uh, bringing it back to now, how we go about uh, reforming the FDP, there needs to be a complete change really across the board. And most of the DECs and the, the chair... Uh, you know, and, and a lot of these different positions, because there's a lack of youth outreach, that's the future of the party that we've recognized in a lot of the other states across the nation, Michigan, for example, yes. Wisconsin, for example, Wisconsin had 360% yes. increased youth turnout from 2018. I mean, how incredible? about that? I yeah. was just, I mean, it was joyous to see a state like Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, but have from, those but more than 50 to 70% of those, those youth votes are Democrats. Yeah. They're voting Democrat. And, and to break it down Jeez. even more, there was, you know, uh, there's data for certain colleges. Uh, and I think, I don't remember which specific college it was, but within Michigan, there was one college where it was like 96% of the vote was towards Gretchen Whitmer. 4% was towards Tudor Dixon. And that was wow. like 9,000 votes total. Yeah. And, you know, I think it just really shows how involved their generation is on spe uh, yeah. specifically within the Democratic Party. But, you know, here in F the Florida Democratic Party, to get more specific, I think here's what needs to happen. There needs to be a complete strategic refocus towards young voters. But the also, the FDP has not focused on those throwaway counties, you know, mm. the counties that are strictly Republican. They have done nothing to focus on them and try to change that, um, which, look, people try and say it's the lack of money the FDP has compared to the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. That plays a role in everything. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're... If you don't have that money, what you need to do is focus on efficiency and organization. If you can't have the utmost efficiency and organization within your, uh, you know, the capacity, then you're also not going to fundraise that money. Right. You know, the DCCC and the DNC have completely pulled out of Florida. Yeah. And there's no funding here because mm. they know that there's no organizational capacity within Florida. If we're able to methodically go through these different Republican counties and motivate young voters, then we're able to control the future within a lot of these counties. Mm, Old right? boomers are going to pass away. As much as it sounds like it's, you know, a terrible, yeah. shitty thing to say, it's the truth. But it, but, and they need to certainly step out of the way. Well, yes. that's that's what I always ran into. I, when I was involved with the Broward Party, when I say involved, like I was on the like a a precinct person, which never oh. they never gave me shit to do. I don't know what I was supposed to do. I'm still and, a precinct person. Yeah, <laughs> Tina still doesn't know what she's supposed to do. But when I was involved, like after 2018, I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm going to get involved in every single other organization in Broward County and put my time and energy there because what you're saying is exactly right. No one is going to give a dollar to a party that has no plan. If you come to me and you've got a 10 point plan, listen, we know you're not going to win the state back right. in two years, yep. but show me what Something. your 10 year plan is. Yeah. But here's what we're going to do. That's going to get us there. I will give you money. People will throw right. money at you, but you yep. have to say, you have to give us confidence and we have to trust you, but people don't trust. And of course they're not. They used to give $40 million to Florida every single election yeah. cycle. It's of course they're not going to give us money. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. 
but we need a starting point. And that's what always bothered me for right. the last, I think this is my third cycle watching the FDP and the Broward uh, Democratic Party kind of just do nothing. And right. if they're not going, the fact that they're in, we're in Blue Broward, which is the 600,000 possible Democratic yeah. votes, the fact that they don't do shit here doesn't surprise me. They don't do anything at throwaway counties. It's, it's indicative of what they're yeah. going to do everywhere. That's else. right. So right. of course um, they're not showing and, up in those throwaway counties. With yeah. the youth outreach, you know, um, we know recently that colleges are a great place to tap into um, the 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 youth vote, and that's something that Broward uh, and Florida Democrat uh, leaders could be doing is holding yeah. forums on college campuses tapping into the issues and talking about abortion and open carry on college campuses about this is what they're saying, you know, like debate it yeah. out with the Republicans. Okay. You so know what I mean? That is my question. Oh, go ahead. So, go ahead. so like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like that's where we got to reach into. And in those, you know, forget away counties, there are colleges, community colleges, things in those areas where we can, that's where they can go into mm-hmm. yeah. it's work, but they got to do it. Well, I mean, Across the board, we, we know we know that there's a lack of organization with the, the FDP, but I think, um, you know, there's a wide-ranging organization with the college Democrats. Mm. You know, college Democrats have chapters in most of these colleges, but yeah. college Democrats is nothing. Mm. Like, there's no, if you think the FDP has no organization, uh, college Democrats are literally nothing within the state of Florida. Oh, gosh. And it's, it's really sad to see, but I think it's indicative of how bad the FDP is as a whole. They're not yeah. able to galvanize their chapters. They're not able to actually do youth outreach within those specific colleges. Um, and if we were able to organize those, as president of Voters, of Voters Tomorrow Florida, we would be able to do a lot more. It's... Mm-hmm. What we're having to do is step in as a completely new uh, organization and trying to reorganize a lot of these Democratic chapters um, to get them more out there. You know, specific colleges have a a lot better chapters than other uh, colleges, like the UCF chapter, from what I understand, is non-existent. And oh. UCF is like that's a bummer massive because that area yeah. is really co- turning yeah. blue. Yeah, and I think. I mean, I mean, what we've seen in the last election, this midterm election, uh, we saw. Uh, you know, the margins within Broward for the Democratic Party completely lost. Uh, we've seen Miami-Dade is now red. Yeah. Uh, we Palm saw Beach. A Palm Beach. I uh, mean. Orlando uh, has been, uh, you know, hit. Uh, so uh, the we, the reasons why we're seeing that is the voter registration is completely, it's just, has is non-existent. Mm. The number of NPAs uh, within the state, within, I mean, within Broward, uh, I believe since 2020 has gone up a hundred thousand. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the democratic party hasn't even gained a thousand voters. I don't oh think my God. the Republican party has gained 6,000 voters. Mm. And, you know, specifically speaking within the last three months, right. uh, Florida has seen 89,000 more Republicans registered than, uh, the Democrats, I mean, excuse me, 83,000 more Republicans registered than, uh, Democrats. Uh, we've only added 6,000 Democrats to be registered in the state. Uh, in, in the, the entire state. It's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> wow. It's ridiculous. Yeah. While the Republicans added 89,000. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's insane. Yeah. That's and, I'm, insane. and I'm wondering, uh, on the and I don't know this, but on the, on the FDP level, do they have a specific person that's a young person that is their no. youth voter outreach coordinator Absolutely. or something? They're about to take, they want to take it away. That's they're not so going to, yeah, they're not right. going to. I I want him to take over. (laughs) Here's what I want to know. Here's what I want to know. What are the issues that you think are more important, are the most important to youth voters? Because I really, this is, I'm dying to know this. Yeah. Uh, 
Basic answer is abortion, of course. Wow. Uh, outside of that, I mean, look, what we saw this past election, we had metrics that were saying it was abortion. Uh, I think everybody had those metrics. But uh, within our internal polling as well with the voters of tomorrow, we had that that metric being the biggest. But what we saw this past election proved it. Every single state that had an abortion uh, measure on their ballot. To was, codify it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. was absolutely, you know, supported yes. or un, not supported in, in a beneficial way for abortion rights mm. within the state. And within those specific states, we saw youth involvement skyrocket. Mm. Uh, you know, specifically Michigan had something on their yes. ballot Ugh, regarding yeah. abortion. And, of course, Gretchen Whitmer was also on the ballot. And youth involvement was insane there. Um, so abortion, of course. Uh, and what we saw by the president, uh, President Biden recently, was also amazing in reaching out to youth voters. I think he really recognized that this election was going to uh, – you know, be uh, based off of young voters. If you saw the last month uh, going into the election, he pardoned all federal uh, med- uh, marijuana offenses, yep. uh, basically legalizing marijuana on the national level. You know, it's got to come down more to the state level now. Um, but uh, on that basis, that was really big for youth voters. Mm. Uh, we saw um, student debt cancellation yeah. was yeah. massive. Mm. Uh, you know, more people want their student debt canceled. A lot believe in a complete uh, uh, student debt cancellation. Um, so things like that. And and then, of course, climate change. Climate change is mm. massive. And we're on the front lines of climate change <laughs> here in Florida. We and there's nothing so happening. Much. There's nothing happening here. There, there's no care. Uh, and there never will be care as long as we have a Republican Party here. And that's not going to change for, you know, a number of years. Going into 2024 and, you know, a non-election year in 2023, what we're focused on and, and what I'm focused on as, uh, you know, with VOT Florida is we're trying to build on those margins within Broward County, within Miami-Dade. Well, not even a margin anymore in Miami-Dade. What we want is to try and strengthen our strongholds in the Democratic base mm. uh, across the state and then also reach out to those uh, throwaway counties that mm. the Democrats have not cared about. Um, so voter registration is going to be massive. Outreach to young voters is going to be massive. Uh, I'm, I'm actually holding meetings with as many legislators as I can going into this next month uh, to try and reform the FDP. You know, specifically, uh, I'll be meeting with Chevron Jones, Jason Pizzo, uh, oh. and, and just making sure we're able to outreach yes. to those voters and uh, completely reform the strategy here. Oh, God. Jaden, I mean. Thank God. Thank God. Well, I just said to Tina to the podcast, I'm like, well, if it takes 20 years, we are going to be so old by the time the state flips. I mean, we, but, need, but, but, but it's always like, we need to start now. We like, need to start now. Need to but start this, start now. Is, this, this is, this is it. This is it. He's going to be our yes. savior. We're going to be looking at Jaden yes. and be like, thank so, God. Jayden, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Let me say one thing. I am a little surprised that abortion is a number, is a top issue. I don't know why. Why is that surprising to me? I, I would, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not, I mean, it's important to me, but why is it surprising that it's with youth? It's because so important. they're young people and they're getting frisky and they don't want these risks. You, yeah. I'll tell you the answer to that. <laughs> um, but also, we, wait, let me say one more thing before you say that, uh, is that because I, it, abortion was always, it was legal before I was born. So it was always was something that yeah. I, that I knew was there. Yeah. And so I think we kind of drop the ball on it, yeah. making sure we were protecting it and watch people chip away at it. Yeah. But I think, I wonder if that's what it is, is that it was always something that you guys could would knew it existed. That's, a, that's exactly what I was going to say. Okay. Going into us being born, we had never had a right stripped from us, mm. you know, and it, even as a male, you know, yeah. I feel like my right was stripped from me because 
what's next down the ballot? Yeah. Right. What are they going to take now? Right. right. And uh, and I also don't want to see my sister's rights being taken away. From Hell yeah, man. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, being born, I never, you know, we had that right. It was stripped from us. And now we understand that more could potentially be stripped from us, especially contraception. Yeah. You know, with oh, the hello. Supreme Court, yeah. the Supreme Court in the history of the Supreme Court, they had never taken away a right. Uh, in like over 190, 200 years or something like that, they had never taken away a right from the American people. They did that. Mm. And they, at the same time, outlined that contraception could be taken away as well. Right. I and mean, they've cast it down on interracial marriage. Yes. So I think we all understand that there's an insane uh, you know, domino effect that could happen from this mm. if we don't care about it. So that's it. That's yeah. the key. It's it's the, this generation, like with the LGBTQ rights, where it's like, yeah. oh, I've always known that this was a cool, like, not cool. This is a okay yeah. thing. This was never. You never knew a time when people were in the closet the so way they terrified were when, when we grew the, up. Yeah, right. And so this is that's it. Yeah. Is that these th things that always existed? So to hear in your ear and it goes into that, your brain yeah. this thing that you're like, no, this is just how life is. is. I don't understand right. why you're doing, and it doesn't make sense. And that motivates people to get up. That makes Thank sense God. to me. Yeah. Are your friends as motivated as you are? Like, do you are you surrounded by people who are? I don't want to say political nerds, but political nerd. Or can we can we say that? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, with who I work with, they're all political nerds. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're proud of being political nerds, nerds right? Aren't we proud? <laughs> yeah, of yeah, of course. Okay, cool. But down to like my specific, you know, high school level. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that are that pay attention that are okay. just not involved. Uh, right. But right. I think the actual awareness is a lot more than compared okay. to other generations. That's yeah. what I wanted to know. Like, yeah. I mean, it's one thing because our little group that's like we talk about all the time, that's yeah. all we talk about is politics. Like we're, we're just want to know everything about it. But I know I have a lot of friends that vote but aren't. And so I was hoping yeah. that maybe the youth would at least be aware. Yeah. Even I if they're not as involved as you are. Right. But I, and I think that social media kind of helps spread that awareness. Mm. Yeah. True. In a way that we didn't have. That's true. You're you right. Know? Yep. Um, that's given rise for to the a good lot of and figures, too. Both, both yeah. for the good and the bad, but I, I think that it allows for conversation, and then unfortunately, um, schools have been sort of restricted in allowing kids to have conversations yeah. where mm. in the past it wasn't like that. Yeah. And so is that a frustrating aspect as a young person in school to know the, the anti-woke bill and that mm. certain things are not allowed to be talked about? Have you noticed sort of conversations being halted because of that law or i, I actually yet. think it's given rise to more conversation mm. uh you know specifically within the classroom of course not you know yeah. like with a teacher um but if you're walking in the hallways at my school all you're going to hear about is whatever the hell we want to talk about yeah, you know, yeah. they're not going to stop that and right right that's, that's not going to happen it's so. like trying to kill ideas yeah. like you can't do and that with a law it doesn't when, work when like, you're right. trying to stop something like that what do you think teenagers and kids are going <laughs> to yeah. do they want to rebel more yeah. you know yes. and yeah. Uh, I think that what they did was they actually spouted more awareness about what right. was happening. When you have <laughs> kids that have no understanding of the political sphere and they see uh, thousands of kid kids at their school walk out mm, all yeah. chanting stuff, they're going to be like, what the hell is Let's happening go right now? <laughs> and yeah. some kid next to them is going to be like, well, we're doing this because this is what the Republican legislature passed, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to be like, oh, okay, now I don't. Now I understand. I yeah. don't support that, you know? Oh, so damn it. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. And then I want to ask one more thing, just because as a senior and you're applying to colleges, in conversations with some of your friends or your female friends or female presenting, uh, are there conversations about, 
I don't want to apply to a school in Florida because of LGBTQ rights being stripped away because of abortion rights being stripped away. Like, are you seeing like some of your friends are like, I got to go out of state because it's such an issue or are they still like, Oh no, I'm going to do the big schools in Florida still. Like, is that an issue? I think uh, college. Yeah, I think so. You know, for myself and a lot of my friends, there's like a general uh, disliking towards Florida for how it's been. Mm. Uh, so a lot of us, while we would rather stay out of state, we have to stay in state for, you know, money reasons right, or better education. Yeah, I get um, but, uh, specifically towards women, uh, and females, uh, within our state that are able to, you know, have, uh, pregnancies and stuff. Uh, I think, I don't think they understand, you know, on, on, just on a, on a wide scale. I, I just don't think that they, they go into this thinking about the potential that they might need an abortion. I don't think that's something they think about until it actually comes to them. Right. Um, so uh, while they might not understand that now, once it comes time with a, probably a near total abortion ban now with super right. majorities of the Repu- Republican Party, uh, that might come to them. And they might have to deal with that when that time comes. And uh, that's just the reality of the Republican Party now. Mm. Uh, and that's brought about by the failures of the FDP. We mm. now have two super majorities. In both chambers of uh, state house and it's, the state it's, it's, senate, it's, has, has how Manny, frightening! But is has this? Manny Diaz said anything? Oh no! Look, has he, is he still has he popped his head up yet? Here's something that happened <laughs> because today. I think he's like you know, yeah, he's waiting for everybody to like go back to whatever yeah. to reality television and, and shit, help, and like you hope he ever forgets. Yeah. And he's like, well, hey guys, what's yeah. up? Like you know, here's like, something that happened today. There was supposed to be a meeting. Oh. to potentially it was probably going to exile him from his position. Do you think? He delayed the meeting, oh. basing it off of the actual election in Georgia and it not being done as if that has any correlation yeah, what's that to what to we do need to do in Florida. We need actual now, reformation wow. now. Do you think, on Georgia. Do you, wow. I mean, I don't know if a temperature's been taken, but I know our Broward committee people, ugh, they're like they old school. Bish. They they're like go. old school, honey. They're going to go terrible. along with the party. Yeah. And they hold all the, it's and isn't the, wait, am I wrong or not? But isn't the committee people based on, don't they have more power or votes? Their votes count for more based yeah. on where they're from. Yeah. yeah I mean, and Miami so they, Dade and Broward have yeah, a, they have a lot. Vote. So, but they were, I, they voted, I believe for Manny Diaz. And so do you really think that at a meeting, these committee people are going to vote him it out. It also means they're Unless admitting a mistake friend, by, but then by electing him in the first place. there's got to be pressure put on our local right. committee people to do, do the right thing. Would take, do you think they'd ask him to step down? Look, I don't know specific to Broward. Uh, I, I don't know our actual committee people here, but I, I It's Ken Evans, and what's the I, woman's name, Tina? Yeah. Say your name, Tina. It's Grace Carrington, yeah, it right? Is, is that it? Yes. Grace Carrington and uh, Ken Evans. Grace Carrington is actually one of the more, more powerful ones in the state of Florida. I don't know either of them. I can't comment on them. Uh, but I can say outside of Broward, uh, specific to some of the other most powerful counties, mm-hmm. uh, that there is a wide-ranging people, a number of people that are not happy. Okay. I can say that. Okay. Uh, and uh, will they act on that not happiness? I would say possibly, most likely. But, you know. And I don't know how that would go along with, you know, our people specifically in Broward. Yeah. Because I think that there's a need for change here in Broward. I can't say specifically for Ken Evans or... Uh, Grace Carrington, I don't know whether they need to be changed out or not, but I do know the leadership for the actual Broward uh, party. Uh, I think that's something we need to take a look at. Uh, specifically, you know, I hate to say it, but thank uh, you, the chair. Thank you very I'm much. I'm going to speak my mind. Oh, honey, I listen to my uh, podcast. Oh. I know. Need. Listen to the end of next week. There's a whole need for change here. Um, I agree. 
there has been a complete lack of organization yes. here in the Broward County. Mm. Uh, and there has been really a, a complete uh, loss of Democratic support here in Broward County yeah. from 2018. And I'm sure, you know, if someone listens to this podcast, I'm sure you guys get a lot of listeners. Someone's going to listen to this and be like, holy shit, he just said that, uh, <laughs> you know, the chair uh, could, should possibly be changed. But it's, I'm not afraid to speak out on that. No. Uh, and I, I and criticism is healthy. I, it is. And, you know, even if he doesn't step down or even if he's not replaced, I hope that it brings awareness to him that there's a need for a complete reformation within Broward County. Mm. There's a, a complete lack of... Uh, criticisms that go to these people that are leading our parties, and there, because of that, there's no urgency for reformation. Um, so while I might sit here and someone might text me after this podcast, after listening to it, like, hey, you can't say that. Uh, I just did. I don't give a damn. And there's a need for obvious change here in Broward in terms of our yes. strategy, in terms well, of our outreach, in terms of everything. And really. Jaden, but why is that, right? The greater good, as Democrats, we are supposed to be those good guys. That's what our democracy right? relies and on. And when you see a party sitting on their hands for two years, yeah. I'm not expecting a, a full, you know, bring on this tsunami of blue right. or whatever. No, I get, I get it. it. I, I get there's going to be a lot of losses before we can start to see a lot of wins. But when you see zero, yeah. zero effort for two years, yeah. it's one meeting after the other with <laughs> nothing happening. It is our, we, it is imperative to say these things need to change and that you're not doing your job. I've said it before. If that was a paid position and you were working at a company, you would be fired. Immediately. You did not do your job. And so it's okay to say that because we live here yeah. and we are affected by the laws and they don't take their job seriously. It's powerful, yeah. they, the jobs they have, and they do not take it as seriously as it should. Right. Because the three of us at this table will be affected by these laws. Yeah. And, and why do we have... The First Amendment, right? It's so that we can comment on our politicians yeah. and the people running the show. Like, that's that's what it's for. Like It's we irresponsible have- not to say something. Let me, let me give a breakdown for the thinking of why there needs to be a complete change in Broward leadership here. Because, uh, you know, going into House District 100, which is Linda Thompson-Gonzalez against... Oh, honey, you're sitting oh, in it. No. I can't. Yeah. My heart's broken. And, okay. Uh, Specifically here in this district, in the summer, we had, I want to say, a 2,000 registration lead for Democrats. There was no registration that happened after the summer or even really before the summer. And we lost that lead. There was 700 uh, Republicans going into the actual election itself. Uh, 700 more registered Republicans than Democrats. So we lost 3,000, 2,000 um, uh, you know, lead um, to the Republicans here within District 100. Um, outside of District 100... Uh, what we've seen is, uh, amazingly, I don't want to say they're close to losing, but it was way too close of margins. Robin Bartleman, yep. her state rep. She was worried about that. I, yeah. I, I can't I can't fathom that yeah. we were able to even come that close. Yeah. I was sitting in D.C., yeah. worried about congressional elections, worried about the Senate for the United States. And then I look at my computer. I said, let me check how we're doing in Broward County because I knew we were doing horrible, but I didn't I didn't understand the extent. I, you know, going into the election, the three weeks before the election, I said, we're going to get absolutely destroyed in Florida. And you know what? I was scraping at the bottom of the, bait- the barrel. I said, we are going to get destroyed. It was 10 times worse than I thought. Yes. Oh and I think God. people don't, yeah. th- I don't think people understand <laughs> oh how bad, like yeah. you guys think it's bad. It's 10 times worse from a data yes. standpoint. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Robin Bartleman, Way too close yeah. to margins. Uh, I, I want to say... 
Even Debbie Hillary Wasserman. Hillary Cassell oh. was a really, really close. That should not have been close. Yep. Debbie Wasserman Schultz is losing support. Yeah, she's uh, losing support. But yeah. I think that's for a few different reasons. No, I mean, um, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, look, I, I think that, uh, you know, the Broward Party has not recognized the issues that are at hand. There's well, been a lack of... Uh, they're very comfortable. Lack of organization uh, in terms of volunteers. They're yeah. using the same damn volunteers that have been probably volunteering since 1980. <laughs> and uh, God bless them. Yeah. God bless. Thank right. you. Thank right? you for being involved. Yes, but here but we go. There like, needs to be need, new volunteers yes, to help. we need new blood. If, if this is... This should be the most powerful county in the state. Yes. And the fact that we don't take that as seriously, we could yeah. sway entire election, statewide elections. Yeah. Like, we're that right. powerful. Yeah. And, I mean, you got to have a good, a couple of good candidates at the top of the ticket, but still, we could definitely sway elections, you know? And so they don't take it as seriously as they could. And Robin was worried about that because of the redistricting. There were a lot more Republicans right. in her race. But yeah, yeah you're right. It's scary. So, it's way too close that within two years, we we can We're, risk it if we, we don't do seats. that work in Broward. Yeah, it's gonna be it, it, we could lose. Here's what seats. I've been oh, saying: God. we are on the brink of having Broward County turn red mm -hmm. within the next decade. Within the next ten years, oh, Broward God. County could potentially turn Republican mm -hmm. based off of the data that I've been analyzing, based off of the data that other people have been analyzing. I think. Maybe I'm on a little bit more of the aggressive side in terms of that number. No, but, but I really but I, see that. No, I, it's, I it's think we need to be afraid. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. The more the more NPAs that register, you yeah. know, the more uh, Republican turnout we're going to yeah. see. And, oh, of course, the less Democratic strong. And in a state where, where it's um, with our primary, you have to, you know, vote with your party and you have an NPA, then they yeah. can't vote in a Democratic primary when you have... Right, and and you our know, primaries, our primaries you know I mean? are basically non-existent here. Right, I mean, nobody I think shows up. The no. last primary yeah. in in Broward yeah. County, was it like fifteen percent turnout yeah. or something like that? Yeah. And I, I just think and that's, they're controlling so much. Yeah, it's indicative. Small amount of people. Yeah, it's indicative of, like I said again, the FDP has mm. no strategy. They have no communication outreach. They have no understanding of how to organize within the state. Mm -hmm. And that because of that, they're going to have no funding for years to come. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're trying to step in as our organization to try and, and be the mediator in that and actually fix that. But going into 2024, it's not about actually winning Florida as a state. We're mm -hmm. not going to win Florida as a right. state. The goal of it is to build on our margins and within these counties that they so ignored for so many decades now. Uh, we've lost all panhandle support. The yeah. Dixiecrats that we had that would split their ballot with the Democrats don't exist anymore. They've gone full-on conservative. Uh, so panhandle support is gone. Uh, Osley lost, Senator Osley. Mm. Uh, and uh, we have no seats really up there. Uh, and and we've really... The thing is that the, the, the Democrats, they have grown lazy in some aspects. I don't want to generalize that to all Democrats elected. Um, but the majority of them have grown uh, grown lazy. They have not. Uh, there's things where they can be able to go to these counties, not even their own districts, but outside of their districts. They should be going to these counties, these districts, and meeting with regular people. Mm. They should be out there actually speaking with our regular Floridians. Yeah. And, uh, you know, trying to build on these margins, but they have done nothing. A lot of them, after these 60-day or 90-day uh, uh, legislature uh, calls, uh, meetings, they go back to their district and, you know, sit on their ass and not do a damn thing. Mm. You know, I can say 
confidently that a lot, uh, you know, certain ones don't do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, Chevron Jones doesn't do that. Uh, Jason Pizzo doesn't do that. And, you know, I've been, I'm a huge fan of Jason Pizzo. Yeah. Ooh, honey. Uh, I love him. Yeah. Uh, he knows that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I think that he is really uh, a very big force well, to reckon with. Someone asked me on, on uh, an older Facebook person, because I put it right on Facebook. I'm like, FDP, we need to get rid of this. And yeah. I, I can't believe that Chris was on the ticket and they never <laughs> should. We, I can't believe it's somebody better than Chris. We can't. And she's like, who else? And I was like, Jason Pizzo yeah. could have run for governor and fucking won, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I mean, we need him in the Senate. Yeah. Still, Dear God, that would have been nice. cannot lose that think of, a, think of what that looks like against yeah. DeSantis. Yeah. Like, dude. Oh, he would him. destroy him. I mean, yeah. you would hope. But what are you going to do? De- the debate would have been hilarious. Yeah. yeah. It would have been so good. And uh, I think DeSantis would have really been scared. Yeah. But we had a lot of issues. Yes. And I... I know I have, it gives me so much hope to know that you're in Florida and that you're yes. willing Trying. to do this fight. And, and, and I want to ask before he goes, Yes, have you thought in your future about running oh, for office? No, that's not, <laughs> uh, you know, if that comes along, that comes along. Uh, that's not really something that uh, I specifically look towards because uh, look at the, the commitment to that, because I know that I would actually try to actually do everything in my power compared mm-hmm. to most of these state mm-hmm. senators and state reps, the commitment towards that would be insane. Mm. Uh, and uh, the is it my most successful way to actually creating change in mm. Florida is another thing to think about. Yeah. Uh, because it, I think the thing is that people think about running for office as if it's the main thing that can create change. When in reality, here in Florida, the most applicable way to creating change is actually reforming the system we have first, mm-hmm. and then we can get into the system and actually have people run. Uh, I had someone uh, specifically in uh, Orlando reach out to me, and he goes, uh, do you think I should run for office? And I was like, I don't want to discourage you from running, but I think the way it is looking here in Florida, the most important way we can create change is not by running for office. We have enough people who can run for office, whether they're qualified or not. The most important thing is that we're able to have those candidates run for office and win their offices Mm -hmm. through the scenes behind and actually reforming the system. Once we are able to do that, then we can run for office ourselves. And uh, that's really what we need to focus on for the next decade, uh, because obviously on a statewide basis, we're not going to win. But really what comes down to is we're able to locally and methodically go through each county and each district and motivate voters across the board. We saw a complete lack of turnout across the board. We need to fix that methodically through each county. Mm. I love it. This has been amazing. I mean, I'm so down in the dumps all the time about Florida and I don't want to leave. I love it here. It's our home, right? Like it's, it's to me like the most beautiful place. And because everybody I love is here. Well, most of the people, you know, (laughs) but I want to protect it. I want to raise my kids here. You know, I want to be here for the good, the good of the state. And I, it's so torturous to see on Twitter or other places where it's like, oh, forget Florida, it's over. And it's like, there's good people here. here. Like, I'm good, I'm still here. Like, don't say, don't leave us alone. Don't leave us. Don't forget about us, you know? And so it gives me hope to know that someone like you is here. Yeah, it's incredible. Incredible. It is. And also- I mean, the level of intelligence, maturity- Oh, I can't even take it. It's great. I had no idea this is what what we're gonna get today. Yeah, no, Uh, but (laughs) this is- I'm so excited. This is what we need. And this is what we need to be uplifting. Yeah, because when they, they're like, oh, kids, what kids yeah. this kid's at. No, this is what, this is a, yeah, yeah, right. Also, if you need anything, 
we, we're involved in some party yes. organizations here, not the party because, but other things. But if Who you wants need, to do that, That's yeah. <laughs> if you need anything, please yeah. reach out to us. We're always here. And if you want to come back and tell us things that you're doing or progress you're making, yeah, we would love to have you back anytime. And I wish you so much luck. Thank yes. you for the work that you've done. Thank you so much. And the work you're doing. And I know it's going to be, have a huge impact. So thank you, yeah, oh thank my you guys so much for inviting me on. I really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, let me know if you guys ever want me to come on again. I really appreciate Please. it. Okay. I'm so excited. Yes. Thank you so much. And good luck in school. Yes. Like, this is so Thank exciting. You. Know. Yeah. This exciting. is our youngest guest ever. <gasps> Isn't I that kind it. of exciting? But this is what we need. Oh, I'm so here this for This is it. what we need. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Of Thank course. you. Thank Bye. you guys. Bye. If you want to learn more about this week's guests, please go to our website, www.themuckpodcast.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast and on our Twitter at Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support with exclusive content. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.